You got to determine to get in. You got to get determined to get in, and you got to get determined to stay in. morning, Father God, for the power present to undo that which Satan has wrought against each and every person here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We come into your presence and rejoice and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ in our own lives. We're thankful, Father, that you made provision for us before the foundation of the world. And in, in that provision for us is eternal life. And we're grateful to you this morning for eternal life present in our lives now. We're thankful, Father God, for the power of God present here, the Holy Spirit to unveil, unfold, and reveal to us. As usual, we come into your presence expecting, expecting something to take place in our life, expecting revelation to come, expecting the Holy Ghost to reveal to us, not waiting to see, but expecting it. We came to receive it in the name of Jesus. And we give you the praise and honor for it. And the whole church said, hallelujah, praise God. We're excited about what God is doing around the world. We're looking forward to the presence of Almighty God here with us. Jesus said, when two or three of you are gathered together, I'm there in the midst. He's here this morning. Praise God. Knowing God beyond this morning, we want to know God beyond what we know Him now. Okay? Ian Bounds makes a statement. He said, think about God. Think about Him. Think about God. Make much, make much of Him till He broadens and fills the horizons of faith. Then prayer will come into marvelous inheritance of wonders. In other words, the more we in our own selves, the more we spend our time making much to do about God. We make much to do about everything else. The whole point here is to make more, to make much to do about God. Listen, I'll make some statements and then we'll back them up. Faith is the condition upon which Christ's power is based. Do you get that? Faith is the condition upon which Christ's power is based. For he would do... For there he could do no mighty works in Nazareth because of what? Because they had no faith. They had unbelief. Okay? And just as the disciples also could not cast out demons out of the lunatic boy because they lacked faith. Faith and prayer work together. If we fail in our faith, our prayers also fail. Uh, then the possibility of receiving big things in prayer hinge on our ability to believe God for big things. Can you believe God for big things this morning beyond what's happened to you up to this point in your life? 
But that ability to believe does not just happen overnight. The ability for us to believe God, trust God. So let's, let's identify what we're talking about here this morning. We're talking about trusting God in the, in the context of believing God. See, a lot of people uh, believe God. They believe God exists, but they don't trust God. And they believe all the things. They believe all the trappings in the church, and they believe all these things, and they believe all this, and they believe all that, but they don't trust God. So we're talking about putting trust and belief in the same sentence together. When we say believe God, we mean trust God. That means trust God implicitly, all the way, with everything. Trust Him. We trust everything but God. It's amazing. And the reason why this happens in our lives, basically, is because we're trapped. We're trapped into the uh, sight and sound business. We want to see it before we believe it. And that's just the opposite of how God operates. God is not a see it and believe it God. He's a believe it and see it God not to see it and believe it. It's just the opposite with God. He wants you to believe it, then you'll see it. And we're capable of doing that. We're constructed in that matter. We can do that. But as a matter of, are we willing to do this? Are we willing to do it? Uh, The development of faith is not instantaneous. But it, does, but, it, 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 but it doesn't take a long, long period of time. It doesn't take years to develop. It just takes develop. It takes attitude. It takes determination. It takes want to. We need to get to know God. Abide in His Word. In prayer, things will be different if that's what our attitude is. Not get to know about God. I'm not going to tell you anything this morning about God. You can know everything you want to know about God, but if you don't know God, it won't do you any good. It's up here. It's not here. It's not in your heart. It's got to be transferred, okay? Not not to get to know about God, but get to know God. Have a relationship which is personal with Him through His Word. Faith and knowing God go together. In trusting God, we develop a relationship of trust in Him. God Almighty, our Father, the Holy One, the One who loved us more and gave His own Son to prove it, who who died and who shed His blood for us, who redeemed us from the spiritual death, made us new creations, healed us by the stripes on His back, Uh, sent His Spirit to live in us forever, made us righteous with Jesus, His Son's righteousness forever. Our God is wonderful. Our God is truthful. Our God is almighty. There is no God above our God. Our God is everlasting. Our God is for us. Our God gives us peace and joy. We are cleansed by the blood of our God. Our God will never leave us or forsake us, for He is wonderful, glorious, everlasting, never-failing God to us. If we did not know our God, 
our faith will develop into religion. This is the crossroads that a lot of people find themselves in. So we need to get into the habit of having a quiet time, especially in the mornings before the day starts to become hectic. Read Scripture, meditate upon it, pray over it, and then periodically during the day, take time to remember, meditate upon those Scriptures that you were involved with in the morning that God has put in your heart. Pray over that verse and commit it to memory. Keep it continually. Keep it continually as a communication with God because this is God speaking to us. Amen. Amen. Then praise God with thanksgiving during the day about what you received from the written word. All of this Bible is truth. From cover to cover, it's all truth. But it isn't all our truth. A lot of times what we, because we do not know any better, is we spend a lot of time meditating over scriptures that pertain to uh, a different dispensation and a different time. So to, to, uh, to get to the bottom line, so to speak, we need to spend our time where we need to spend our time. And that's in the Pauline Revelation. Paul has been commissioned by Jesus Christ himself to bring forth the revelation of the mystery to the Gentiles. And that's us. And until we we have a totality of that mystery revealed in our spirits, we're not through yet. The totality of that mystery has been revealed through the Apostle Paul. And it takes want to and determination to seek it out and get the revelation. The Holy Ghost will reveal it to you, but you have to be serious about it. You have to desire it. You have to determine. How many of you this morning, before you left home, you determined when you got here this morning, God would have something here for you? If you didn't, you're just wasting your time. You're sightseeing. You just came to see if something's going to happen. And you'll see it happen to other people, but it won't happen to you. Because that's not how it works. It's determination. We'll use an example here, then we'll, we'll get deeper into it. But the woman with an issue of blood is an example of somebody who was determined. When she heard about Jesus, as Scripture says, In Mark 5, she said she heard about Jesus, and she determined to touch the hem of his garment. She said, if I but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Before anything ever happened, before she left home, on her way, she continually said this to herself. Determination. And of all the people, she had had great cause uh, to, uh, to use determination because everything was against her. Her condition was against her uh, 12 years she had been in the condition she was in. 
Sometimes we say that 12 years, 12 years, and it just kind of drifts right over our head. Think about 12 years is from first grade to senior class. 12 years is how long it for you to put your children through school. 12 years, this woman had this problem in her physical body. For 12, she spent all that she had and could not grow any better. But she determined, she, she, made, a determina she made a determination, she made a determination call that if she had touched him of his garments, she'd be whole. And guess what happened? She did it. And he told her so. When the smoke cleared and everything was over, he'd even had a little conversation with Jairus at the same time. He turned to her and told her, what did he tell her? That it was a wonderful day. I'm glad you came. That's why you got healed. No, she, he, Jesus said to this woman, your faith, your faith, not my faith, not Jesus's faith, her faith, made her whole. Now listen to me. You have to understand, and it doesn't hurt to see it in this, in this context. This woman was a person at the time when the kingdom gospel was being preached. This woman was a woman under the law. This woman was a Jewish woman. She wasn't, this didn't take place under grace. And if it could if she could have this kind of faith in the condition that she was in under the law, how much more you and I could have the same kind of faith, the trust in God. Hebrews 11.6 tells us, without faith, this is a firm statement, okay, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. This is one of the reasons why I asked you this morning, have you predetermined before you got here what was going to take place? Something's going to take place if you predetermine it. Because what you're doing is you're setting yourself up to believe that he is. You're, you're setting yourself up to believe that God is here and he is going to do whatever he said he would do for you. And you're declaring it before you come because you believe that he is. If you're just sightseeing, you don't believe he is, you'll believe it when you see it or you'll believe it when something happens to you, which nothing does. Because that's not how God works. Okay? to believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So in your diligence is when you determine. Now listen, we do not have the time and we do not explain this to a great deal. To people who come for miracle healing service, if you had your car service at a number of places, you, you bought, you purchased your, your fuel, your gasoline at two or three different places. And there was one particular place that was your favorite, that was your favorite station to go to, but they had uh, water in their fuel. And you continually, every time you bought fuel, gas there, you got water in your, and your car gave you a lot of trouble. 
And there was one station that sold pure gas. Nobody ever had any problem with the gas from that station. Why would you keep going back to the station with the water in the tank? Do you get the picture? This station here puts out pure fuel. If God demands that we have faith, when it is impossible to us, when it is impossible to us to have faith, we would have a right to challenge His justice. But if He places within our hands the means whereby faith can be obtained and produced then guess what? The responsibility then becomes ours as to whether or not we have faith or not. Not God's. Okay? So listen to this. God has told us that without faith it's impossible to please Him. But He's already told us how to obtain faith. He told us how faith comes. Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. If we do not have faith, it is not God's fault. We can't blame God for our lack of faith. Or faith is nothing short of, our faith is nothing short of ignorance. Trust and obey. Trust and have confidence. Trust and believe. That, and that, that way is to hear what God has said about the situation, the place, or the thing, finds God's position, believe it, receive it, never leave it, and declare it. Believe it, receive it, never leave it, and declare it. What God has said about any situation you have, any place that you're involved in, or anything, God's Word covers it. We cannot believe without hearing something. Hearing first. Remember this scripture that says, how can they believe lest a preacher be sent? Somebody's got to be telling it. So let's go over to Matthew, the ninth chapter, 27th verse. And when Jesus departed, thence two blind men followed him, crying and saying, O son of David, have mercy on us. When he was coming to the house, the blind men came, in, came to him. And Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? And they said unto him, Yes, Lord. And verse 29 says, And he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith be it unto you. And verse 30 says, And their eyes were open, and Jesus straight, straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know this. But the point being made here is what? Their faith in Him brought healing to their blinded eyes. Not the power. It was the faith in His power that Jesus told them, Your faith, according to your faith, so be it unto you. So guess what would have happened if they had no faith? They would have went away blind. But they had because they already acknowledged it when he said, believe you that I'm able to do this? And they said, yes. Now they had already followed him, see, and exposed themselves and were seeking him 
Okay, so let's go to Mark 10, verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, with a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timothy, sat by the wayside, begging. Verse 147. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Now listen, you have to understand the context in this particular setting. They're, they're not looking to Jesus as Savior. You see the difference here? They're looking to Jesus as son of David. Okay? Just wanted to make, make that little point for you there. Have mercy upon me, blind Bartimaeus said. And, and the, those that are around, because he was saying very loudly, they charged him that he should hold his peace. And he cried the more, Thou son of Mer- David, have mercy on me. And in verse 49, Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, he calls for you. And in verse 50, and he cast away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou have I should do to you? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go your way, your faith has made you whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. It was blind Bartimaeus' faith that got his eyes healed, not the power of God alone. Okay? So we go to Luke, the 18th chapter, 35th verse. And it came to pass. These are all series of events that took place where Jesus told the people your faith has caused this to happen. And it came to pass that as he was coming um, out of Jericho, a certain man, blind man sat by the wayside begging, and hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. They said unto him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by, and he cried, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. And when they, when they did the same thing with blind Bartimaeus, And they be quiet, be quiet. And he said, but he cried the more louder. In verse 40, and Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he would come near, he asked him, saying, what without shall I do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you whole. And he immediately received his sight and followed him, glorifying God and all the people when they saw it gave praise unto God. Now, it wasn't Jesus' faith. It was not the power of God alone. Something else was involved here. Their faith. Faith must have an expectation. And in all these events that we just read in the Scriptures, there was an expectation involved. That Bartimaeus expected the other blind man expected. I had a, a couple of uh, events where uh, lepers 
called upon Jesus and he laid his heads upon, or he spoke the word to them and healed them. Same thing, he said, your faith has made you whole. So they had an expectation. If you have no expectation with your faith, it's useless. There's, a, there's an element missing. There's a part missing. There's something missing in your faith without expectation. You should expect. Now here's what happens. When you get involved with God, with faith and expectation, it puts you out in front so that there's nothing that you're standing on except your faith. That expectation makes you move out there. See, blind Bartimaeus had to move out away from his position. He moved away from it. He came to Jesus with his expectation. So what if Jesus would have said, uh, I don't do blind today. This is not the day for blind. I'm into palsy. Now, we know that's not true. But blind Bartimaeus put himself in a position by his expectation. That's what God's expecting you to do. He's expecting you to put yourself into a position with your expectation. What does that position do? Puts you in a position where there's nothing for you to stand on except what you believe. You don't have a handrail to hold on to because expectation you've taken your hand off. You're alone. You're trusting God now. You're believing God. And guess what? That's exactly what he wants. That's exactly what God wants. He wants each one of us to come to the place with our expectation that we believe him, that we trust him. We trust him so much that we engage Philemon 6. six, That we start making some declarations that we declare just like blind Bartimaeus did. We declare things. Puts us in a position of vulnerability. Makes you vulnerable because your friends are going to laugh at you. The world's going to call you a fool. But God's going to call you blessed. Manifestation's going to be yours. It's requirement for expectation to be mixed with faith. It was not Jesus' faith. was not the power of God alone, something else, their faith. Faith must have, a, faith must have an expectation. The first time, listen, the, I got upset the first time I saw this. I went to a meeting at Wagner Hall, and the first time I saw Brother Hagen involved, uh, holding a, a healing uh, after service, he had a healing line. And everything, you know, I, this was all new to me. I wasn't, I had been around these kind of ministries before. And so he, he, made, he made the announcement, anyone who wanted to have hands laid upon them, and he, he made some more comments, and he said, please uh, form a line. And he went ahead and made some more comments while the line was forming. And uh, this was, I think, about his first venture into the Charlotte area. And then, uh, as they, people were getting up and getting in line, then he made a, a statement that startled me. Matter of fact, it upset me. 
Then he said, after he waited till everybody, you know, settled down. Then he said for an usher to go stand at the end of the line right there. And uh, do not let anybody else get in the line. And I'm thinking, what? what? How can he do that? How can he deny these people? Okay, I don't know what's going on. I, I said to myself, how can he deny these people? Well, see, he knew more than I knew. He knew once the line was formed, once the ministry started, once hands were laid on the people, once the power of God was being released into their bodies, once these people out here saw this, now they're going to get up and get in line because of what they saw, not what they believed. I didn't know all this. I was upset. And later on, I had a conversation. I had a conversation with him and talked to him and laughed about it. Said, "Boy, it made me up. He's upset." He said, "I don't doubt that." He said, "But here's what you know what happened. You know why it had to be that way." I said, "Now I do, but then I didn't. It was I was totally ignorant of that of faith or, or how it worked or anything." He said, "Anybody who got in line after they saw the power of God on somebody, they're not going to receive anything." Because they have no faith. They're exhibiting based on what they see, not on what they believe. He said, so I would have been, I would have been wrong to allow them to do that, knowing good and well when they got in line, when I got to them, nothing's going to happen. Nothing. He said, anybody that understands faith knows nothing's going to happen to people who have no faith. When you're, when you're ministering by faith, it takes faith to receive. And he said, that's what I was doing. I was ministering by faith. Now, the people who were at the beginning, there was man, man, huge manifestations. People had never seen things like that. This is a time when Patsy was a, the lady's name. He brought her up, put her on a chair on the platform. She walked with a huge limp. And uh, he said, is anybody? Every, he, let's see how he said this. He said, who in this building has never seen a miracle? Well, the plate, you know. He said, if you've never seen a miracle and you want to see a miracle. Now, this is for anything ever happened. He said, if you want to see a miracle, come up here so you get on this front row. Come up here close where you can see. Well, a man came running up and slid in beside Cheryl and myself. We slid over, and I shared the seat with him. He was the pastor of the First Assembly of God on Eastway Drive. He said, I've never seen a miracle in my life. Sitting right there beside me. He was, everybody, you know, I didn't say anything. I ain't never seen one either, but. Dad laid hands on this woman. He brought a chair up, put her, showed her. Her legs were different lengths. He reached up and put his hand on her, and the power of God hit this woman so hard, she was seated over here, and one of her shoes wound up over here. It knocked her shoe completely off of her foot. And when she got up, she walked perfectly normal, Amen. just as normal as anybody. The power of God is here every service. 
There's no question in our mind about it. God's raised this church up as a power station. The power of God's here every service. But for you to receive, it's going to take expectation and faith on your part. Do you expect to receive? What does faith do? Faith has to do, uh, faith has to do work with expectation by doing like the woman in Mark 5. For she said, if I but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be, made, I shall be healed. With that expectation must be, now listen, with expectation, there must be determination. See, she was determined. How determined are you to receive? Most people have no, they have little expectation and no determination. Very little expectation, but no determination. And it takes both for faith to function. It takes expectation and it takes determination. In other words, I'm not going to fail. See, God won't fail you. God won't fail. The failure is going to come into part of the person not being determined. There's a lot of areas here that we could get involved in, but in, in any area where faith is involved, it's going to take expectation and determination. It's the determined people. The lady with the issue of blood was determined. She had to come through a crowd. She had to get down on her hands and knees to get through a crowd to get to the hem of his garment. With de that took determination. Determination is important when it comes to service with God in the church. Uh, a lot of people, it's just ho-hum. It's just whatever. Remember a couple of services ago we talked about being all in? I don't think we understand what that means. So you got to be determined to be all in. You just can't say, well, I'm all in. No, you're not. You're not all in. Just by a, call, just by a statement, I'm in. You're not in. You got to determine to get in. You got to get determined to get in, and you got to get determined to stay in. Because everything under the sun's going to try to pull you out. Everything under the sun's going to try to keep you from getting in. And once you get in, it's going to try to get you out. And if you're not determined to stay in, you'll be weak and pulled aside. Amen. And it'll be your fault, not God. You can't go around blaming God because he has never failed yet. His word doesn't fail. He doesn't fail. The Holy Ghost doesn't fail. There's a lot of fault failing in the church, but it's not, it's man's failures, not God's. Because of what? Lack of determination. My God is an awesome God. And fear is not what my God sells. My God sells faith, not fear, the opposite. My God's a faith God, not a fear God. What is faith? Trusting God beyond the natural bounds. You want me to do that again? What is faith? Trusting God beyond the natural bounds. Going all in. 
You want to go all in? That's what faith is. Faith is all in. You can't, you can't have a little bit of faith. You're either all in or you don't get anything. Faith is real. Our God's a faith to God. Everything he does is faith. He expects you and I to be faith people. He expects you and I to live by faith. He expects it of us. God expects it. We can do it. We can be faith people. We can be the greatest faith people that's ever lived on the planet with determination and expectation. Now, if you really want to see what, how God is presently, you'll find him in here. You'll find God in here. You'll find the Holy Ghost in here. And you'll find Jesus in here. And you'll find the body of Christ in here. And you'll find the kingdom saints in here. And you'll find all these people in here. And you'll get introduced to them through this word, through the Bible. Faith is here. The faith that you're looking for to put you over is here. Now, here's the problem today in the faith world. People want to be lackadaisical, la-di-da, until something happens. And then they want to build their faith. It's sad. It's sad to try to build a house in a storm, especially try to build your faith in a storm. Because here's what's happening. Motivation, fear motivates, fear motivates, fear motivates. When fear's motivating, it's hard to believe God. It's difficult to believe in fear because that's not faith. You're not doing it because you trust God. You're doing it because fears make it. When the, when the, um, when the diagnosis is death-dealing, when the diagnosis is cancer, it's hard from that point to start developing faith. A lot of people have tried and failed. Why? Because when they could have developed their faith, they didn't. They thought they were, but they weren't. You listening to me? Faith is real, folks. Real. God expects us to live by it. The world is trying it all the time. God's not putting you through a bunch of tests. God's not the tester. Okay? You, you don't develop some faith and then God said, well, let's just test them and see if they got it. That's not how it works at all. That's not the truth. There's tests you're going to run into, but God's not doing it. The whole point here is, and we've been teaching this for 40 years in this church, to develop your faith now before you need it. So that when you do need it, you already have it. Listen to me. The stripes of Jesus has already been performed. They're not going to happen again. It was so powerful that that was what? 4,000, 2,000 years ago, there's still enough power in those stripes to accomplish today what they did that then. Because the blood never loses its power. The stripes of Jesus never lose their power. The Word of God never loses its power. What happens is people lose their vision of what the truth is. They lose they lose the vision of the truth. Don't let that happen to you. There's something out trying to steal your vision right now, constantly. Remember, this is the year of dreams and visions. 
The moment that was announced, you should have known something was out to steal your dreams and steal your vision. I can't tell you what it is, but I know it's there. I know it came on the scene immediately to steal it, to rob it from you, take it away from you. You have to be determined that it will be fulfilled in your life by the power of God, that your dreams and visions will come to pass because you're determined that they will and you're expecting them to and you're applying God's faith the faith that God's given you in it, you're applying it to it. Every day of your life, you acknowledge that Philemon 6 is real. You celebrate the things that Jesus has accomplished for you. Celebrate it. Get excited about it for God's sakes. You've been translated. There's just one thing that you could get excited about forever. You've been translated from spiritual death into spiritual life. You could not do it. No human being on the planet could transfer themselves. It's God all the way. God transfers man from spiritual death to spiritual life. And man acts like it's ho-hum. My Lord. That's worth shouting all the way home and back. Get excited about what God has done in your life. Let everybody know that you know, that you know, that you're born again, that you're redeemed. Let everybody know that the redemption is real in your life. Who cares? Don't be concerned about offending somebody. The wind blowing offends these people. Stand up for God, for goodness sakes. The world's standing up for the world. The body of Christ stands up for God. You don't expect the world to stand up for him. They hate him. They can't stand him. They've taken him out of the schools. They've taken him out of the government. They've taken him out of everything they can take him out of. They'll never take him out of my heart. They'll never take him out of my home. I'm sold out for God. I'm all in for God. 